It's May 25, 2017, and a 22-year-old karaoke bar worker from Konkan, Miss Warisara Klinjui, or Am as she was known, is found brutally murdered. Not only will her murder be shocking, but what happens as police track her killers and eventually take them into custody will make you shake your head at the media, the police and society in general. This is the story of the murder babes. Hi, I'm your host Cambo. Grab a beer and pull up a deck chair. This is True Crime Island Special Edition. Well, we're back in Thailand this week for the story of the murder babes as they would come to be known in the media, especially social media. These so-called murder babes caught the attention of the country while on the run for the alleged murder of one of their former friends. But before I get too far ahead of myself, uh, let me start at the beginning. Around the start of May 2017, 22-year-old karaoke bar worker Am, who was married to 35-year-old Sakchai Batantongi of Nongkai, she decided to return home to Konkan from their residence in Bangkok, as she'd been offered a job in a karaoke bar. Am had been in a relationship with a girl named Poppy, and they decided to move in together on her return to Konkan. It's unclear whether Am's husband, Sakchai, who worked in construction, was aware of his wife's lesbian relationship with Poppy. I had conflicting reports that either he did know she was in a lesbian relationship with Poppy or if he thought Anne was going to live with her granny. Either way, he was happy for her to get a job. Once Anne returned to Konkan, a a former friend named Priyanuch or Priyal Nongwanchai, 24, found that Anne was back in town and called her for a meeting. Now, this meeting wasn't so they could grab a beer and pull up a deck chair. This meeting was to clear the air over an incident that had happened about a year before. What had happened was that Priyal suspected Am of dobbing her husband into the police for drug dealing and there was also a matter of a 40,000 baht that Am owed Priyal. Now, 40,000 baht is around 1200 US dollars, 1500 Aussie dollars, or 920 UK pounds. For Pinky Pink, it's 9346 Norwegian crown. Jason, he could buy about 40 cases of forex gold. So that's a lot of money for Thai people. Now let's talk about this Priyal girl a bit. She was known to post photos on Facebook of her expensive goods from YSL, Fendi and Gucci, just to name a few of the brands, plus photos of her travels to Singapore and China. She also loved to upload photos of herself with with stacks and stacks of cash, hundreds and thousands of baht at a time. I mean, Jason could fill his truck up with Forex for the amount of money she used to pose with. She also posed with a big fake tits on social media and was known to work as an online cam girl flashing those same hooters for money. Now back to this meeting. 
It's early morning, May 23, 2017. Priyal with two other girls, Kawita Richarda, 26, Apiwan Satya Bundit, 28, and their male friend Wasin Namprom, 22, they drive their Honda CRV hire car to meet Am. As I said before, this meeting was to clear the air about a 400,000 baht debt and Am apparently calling police on Priyal's husband. Upon pulling up to the agreed rendezvous point, the girls jump out of the car and force Am into the back seat. Wasson, who is the driver, speeds off towards a resort they've booked a room at. Now Am was sitting in the middle with Priyal next to her and Apiwan on the other side. Priyal accuses Am of informing the police on her husband's drug dealing, which put him in the monkey house the year before. There was also the 40,000 baht that Am had borrowed and not given back. Am basically tells Priyal to fuck off, and a fight begins. Priyal repeatedly hits Am around the head and body. Am can't fight back as Apiwan, who is sitting next to her, holds her back while Priyal beats her. Am screams out, You'd better kill me, because if I live, I will kill you. This ticks Priyal off even more, and Priyal grabs a plastic bag and shoves it over Am's head. Priya then cuts off Am's air supply until she goes limp. All of them in the car realise Am is now dead and so they go to a shop and buy plastic bags, a hacksaw and a couple of plastic bins. On arrival at the resort, they take Am's body into the room where they cut her in half across the waist cut off her left arm, then put the pieces into plastic bags and then into the bins. They load the bins into the car and drive off to a property in Khao Suan Quang District, Konkan. It's still dark outside as it's early morning. They find a local garden and dig a shallow hole and place the first of the two bins in it. They dig another hole and again they place the other bin in it. They try to cover up the burial site as best they can, but the top of the plastic bag is still showing through the ground. They then all drive back home, and so that's the morning of the 23rd of May. On the 25th of May, Villagers are walking past the burial site and see what they think is hair buried in the soil, along with the stench of a rotting body. As they take a closer look, they realise it is a human and contact police. When police arrive, they exhume the two bins and lay the body parts out on a tarp. The body of the girl is still wearing the clothes that she died in and I won't put a photo up online. It's not fair on her, but you can search on the Google. The body has a tattoo on its left breast 
with the name Poppy. The day before, Am's cousin reported her missing to the police and had given them a photo of her. They are now able to identify the body and the investigation begins. As we true crime listeners know, the first person to question is the husband and he's arrested and taken downtown. He is quickly cleared of any involvement and police interview all of Am's friends and relatives to try and establish her last known movements. They interview Poppy, her girlfriend, who last had contact with Am late on the night of the 22nd of May, but she's not been able to contact her since. CCTV was examined and Am was last seen taking out money from an ATM later that night. Priyal, Apiwan and Kawita take off up to the uppermost point of Thailand and cross the border into Myanmar at a place called Talilek. They are issued special visas that Thais can get so their ID cards are taken down and put into the system. Police now know where they are and contact Myanmar police to look out for them. Wasin, the driver, he's quickly located in Laos and arrested, then extradited back to Thailand. A fifth suspect who tried to sell Am's phone is also arrested. Now, you would think that murdering that girl and dismembering her body and burying it in a shallow grave was bad. Here is the other disturbing part of the story. Of course, these girls all have Facebook. Of course, people are curious and will search for these girls' pages. Well, things start to go viral as the semi-nude photos of the girls start to get around. There are even fan clubs for Priyau starting up on Facebook as well. The girls are becoming celebrities on the run. They are named by the media as the murder babes. As police try to locate the three remaining suspects in Myanmar, they release CCTV footage to the public of the girls in Myanmar shopping in a market. The girls are seen buying colourful striped tote bags and this goes viral and the shops start selling thousands of these bags to girls that want to be just like the murder babes. There are even small pendant-sized hacksaws in a little bag with a photo of Priyal inside it for sale. People can't get enough of the murder babes. Some people even see them on webcam sites flashing their money makers for fuck's sake. These webcams are coming from Myanmar where the girls are making money while on the run. Although there's also a huge backlash from other parts of the community about the celebrity status of these alleged killers. When they do get caught after a couple of weeks on the run, the police 
They take selfies with the girls in the police station. When they are arrested, they really don't have any remorse whatsoever about what they've done. And as I said, they're taking selfies with the cops and smiling and they are even photographed before a press press conference putting on their makeup and shit. One photo has Priyal with a cream facial mask on with a cop and she's giving the peace sign. I mean, fuck me dead. Now, this craze of celebritizing criminals is not just a Thai thing. Now, remember the hot mugshot guy, Jeremy Meeks, and Sarah Seawright, or Prison Bay, as she was known? Well, they had relatively minor crimes compared to the murder babes. Now, the police have five suspects in custody, and the male driver, Wasson, is quick to distance himself from the murder. He told police he was only the driver and didn't participate in the murder at all. Not good enough, Wasson. You are charged with murder. Priyal, Apawan and Kawita are also charged with murder, with the fifth suspect only charged with theft. The case is still to be heard by the courts, but it's pretty much a done thing that they will all be found guilty as charged. The media portrayal of these girls as some sort of celebrities pissed off the government and they are tightening up the already restrictive media rules as a consequence. At least there was one Thai Facebook site called Queen of Spades that was outing people that were using the hashtag Team Prayer. Some people even deactivated their accounts, trying to evade the subsequent witch hunt. Queen of Spades admin said, The popularity of the hashtag Team Prayer reflected the decay of society. Pravit Rajanapruk said it pretty well on cowsodenglish.com. Society should think hard and ask themselves why some express adoration for an alleged killer. Was it simply the sexual attractiveness of the killer combined with her nonchalant demeanour after being arrested? Was it people's emotional numbness to killing and death because they've been exposed to news of murders on a daily basis? Or was it the quick fleeting minutes of fame Priyau is enjoying through media's overt attention to her and her story? Perhaps it's a combination of all of the above and more. In an era where being different is cool, some people may have unfortunately chosen to be cool by explicitly expressing support for an alleged murderer. That sums it up pretty well, Pravit. Yep, these girls have shown no remorse whatsoever. Maybe they think that they'll be able to bribe their way out of prison and so they really don't give a damn. I wonder what was in it for the guy. He sort of got caught up in it, but he could have stopped the car and prevented it. So he's just as much as a scumbag 
as the other three girls. Cutting up her body like that and dumping her into bins that they half buried just showed how little respect these vermin had. I tell you, the photos at the burial site are absolutely shocking. I would like to say that I feel for Am's mother, but she came out in the media wanting monetary compensation, even though she had little to do with Am's upbringing, as Am's granny did most of the parenting. Well, let's hope these scum get all they deserve. Okay, on to another story beamed down to me from Jason Abercrombie today that I'll I'll make mention of. This is to do with another arsewipe called Lorian Norman of Adelaide, who also thinks she's something special on social media. She called police at 4am October the 1st last year, threatening to throw her eight-month-old daughter Evie off her balcony. When police arrived, they found little Evie with severe bruising to her face and so they carted both mother and daughter off to the hospital. A paediatrician found Evie had at least eight separate blows to her face and body with bruising on her forehead, cheeks, ears, neck and arm caused by a slotted spoon and a hand. You can find the photos online very easily. Just Google Lorian Norman, L-O-R-I-E-N. When police questioned Lorian, she tried to persuade police that Evie had fallen in the playground. But they could see that that was just bullshit and charged her with aggravated assault causing harm with intent. It carries a maximum sentence of 13 years. She pleaded guilty and was found guilty. So you think she'd be spending a few years in jail, right? No. She got a good behaviour bond by the court and ordered to pay 500 Australian dollars. The judge thought it wasn't the most serious of offending of this type in terms of the degree of force involved and the duration of the offending. Like I said, go and have a look at the photos. Her former partner and father to Evie was spewing. He told reporters that if it had been him, He would have been thrown in jail and deserved to be there. He then revealed text messages from Lorian after she left court. She wrote, I'm not in jail. What's your next move? She then sent further messages. I'll send photos in October. Cute family photos of Evie, my sister, her partner and my nephew. Smiley face. What a skank bag. Then she sent, Even with everyone on social media against me, I still made it. And I'll be having part custody within a year. Smiley face. This fee maggot and the justice system really stink the fuck. 
She's obviously self-obsessed and has no regard for her child other than using it as a weapon against the father, her former partner. And the judge not even sticking her in the monkey house for a year or two at least. For fuck's sake, what the fucking fuck is going on in Adelaide? Okay, Islanders. Well, this is the end of another special edition. A big shout out to the lovely Katie for helping me on the Murder Babe segment. I'd like like to thank all the Islanders for your support. A shout out to Brent, who's the latest patron of the island. Thank you very much. There will be another post out of stickers this week. To support the island via Patreon, you can pledge as little as $1 per month and that'll give you a new episode every Sunday. Go to patreon.com forward slash Island. You can also support the island financially by doing a one-off donation via PayPal. My account is Cambo at truecrimeisland.com. But you can support the island just by sharing the podcast with a friend or by leaving a review on iTunes. Tell your family or friends about podcasting and help them if they're not sure how to go about it. There is merch. First, there's a link on my website, www.truecrimeisland.com, for merch at the top of the page. That's for t-shirts and hoodies plus mugs. If you want a beer, koozie or cooler, I have some left. Just email me for the details. I have can and bottle sizes. All koozies come with stickers. I also have stickers by themselves. So if you want to buy some, just message me or email cambo at truecrimeisland.com. We have a promo this week. Uh, And it's called This Week in True Crime History. Have a listen. Don't forget to join the True Crime Island Facebook group. I can be found on Twitter and Instagram as well. And that's at True Crime Island. Last thing. Next week is the island's first birthday. We've come such a long way since that first episode. So what do you reckon we do? Let me know via that social media thing or email. The website is truecrimeisland.com where you can download or stream every episode. And don't forget, other than for promos for other shows, the island is commercial free. So, this is Cambo signing off from True Crime Island Special Edition. Don't forget to delete your browser history. Good night. Hi, I'm Joel Micah Harris, the host of This Week in True Crime History. Join me as I dig into the recent and not-so-recent past to uncover true crime stories on the week of their anniversary. You can find This Week in True Crime History on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. For more information, visit us at thisweekintruecrime.com.